You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs Daily TCU Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Simcox, and joined by a special guest today, uh, joined by Matt is Bear, who is from Our Daily Bears, and he covers basketball for the site as well as Baylor Athletics. Also, you can find him on Twitter, at Matt is Bear. He's a, a really funny follow. I'd encourage you to, to follow him. Oof. We'll take the occasional swipe at the frogs, but that's okay. It's all in good fun. It's a rivalry. That's what's supposed to happen, um, but that's where you can find him on social media. And Matt, this Baylor team, uh, they are incredible. They've won every game so far this year by eight points or more uh, in their first meeting with TCU. They won 67 to 49 and really turned things on in the second half. So I wanted to start by just asking, I mean, if there's a formula to beat this team and, you know, we've seen Tech push them a little bit. I know Oklahoma State uh, played a really good first half. What do you have to do? theoretically to to beat this Baylor team if there's a way to get it done so I I, first off fantastic I love the intro music the nice jazz do 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 (laughs) and following me on social media is a very specific life choice (laughs) not for everyone fully understand that I I would like to take one second and say that uh have I've actually become quite fond of the TCU fan base at least on Twitter um Mm -hmm. so there's there's much less of a, of a resentment there, if you will. Uh, I think we should also just focus our negative fan energy towards Texas. And I'll just That's leave right. it at that. We have a common enemy. Um, exactly, exactly. Uh, so you, you, you gave me a sneak peek of this question uh, earlier today, and I really wanted to, I'm, I'm not always an analytical guy, but I thought that I would try to put together one of these, um, you know, mommy blog style recipes on how to beat the bears, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I put together some statistical items that you should really aim for. And I think that gets you in a, in a pretty good position. So let's let's go through these, right? Um, I, I think to start off, you, you have to shoot better than 50% from the field. I think it's absolutely mandatory. I, l- looking at trends, I think you have to hit at least 10 three-pointers. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. Um, and I think you, you have to be efficient in that. You can't just jack up all your shots from three. I think you have to shoot at least 45% from three, right? Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I really think you need to get to the free throw line about 14, 15 times, right? You have to shoot 14 or 15 free throws. Uh, it, it shows that you're playing a certain style. It shows you getting to the basket. Um, I, I really think that's important. Um, and it, this one is actually not that hard against this particular Baylor team. You have to win the rebound battle. Um, even more specifically, you have to win the offensive rebounding battle as well. Um, moving over to the defensive side of the ball, you have to defend the rim really well. Uh, this is a Baylor team that really likes to get to the cup if you give them the opportunity. So you have to defend the rim well. Um, but, you, you know, looking in that three to five blocks range is probably what you're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to defend without fouling. If you foul this team, I don't know, more than 10 times or so, you get Jared Butler to the line, you get Davion Mitchell to the line, you're going to be in trouble. So you, you look at this recipe and it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different statistical things that you probably have to do to win against what, uh, hold on, actually, this is what you have to do to lose by 14 to Baylor, <laughs> because these are all things that Texas did 
just a couple nights ago. And even with Texas doing all of those things, they, they lost by what, 14? This Baylor team is a handful, man. Um, the recipe is, is probably all of those things, plus hoping Jared Butler and Davion Mitchell and my, Macy Teague all have off nights. And even then, there's a couple X factors that could make it a very interesting game. Yeah, and, and you ran down the depth there, and you're right. That's all you got to do to stay right. within 10, it feels like. But they, they are so deep. You know, like, I have no idea how Adam Flagler ended up at Presbyterian, but good for them. You know, they, they got him for a year uh, before he transferred. He's a great player off the bench, and then Butler and Mitchell are incredible. But I, I was wondering, you know, we talk a lot in college sports about, okay, a team with a lot of returners, you know, in a in a perfect world they're all going to improve and be better and then the team's going to be better but that doesn't always happen and I, I've sort of been uh, amazed that guys like like Davion is now a complete offensive player and I, I didn't really see that last year when I watched this team uh, I think Maceo's added some things to his game so how surprised have you been that it seems like everyone that's returned has added some dimension to their game, or maybe they had it and they're just in a different role, but that, that like linear improvement is, is actually happening for this team. I mean, that's what uh, you said, linear improvement, right? And that's kind mm-hmm. of what the out of touch seems like too negative of a word to describe a sports fan. But if you're a, a non plugged in sports fan, just following a particular sport, you, you would expect development of a player maybe even more so in college than the pros, to be linear, right? You get, a, mm-hmm. you get the same amount better every year, um, which is absolutely not how it happens in sports or in life or anything else, right? Um, you might take two steps one year, one step back the next year, or in, and this is in across dozens of different, you know, skill sets or categories or whatever. When you look at it from a micro standpoint, right? You, you look at an individual player or an individual skill for that player, it, it makes absolute sense that Jared Butler was given some draft feedback and say, hey, focus on your distribution. Get better at passing the ball, right? Just go find your and set up your teammates. And his assists nearly doubled from this year, from last year to this year. Uh, you, you look at Davion Mitchell from last year. You're like, hey, just get a little bit better shooting the ball from outside. Um, you don't have to, you know, set the world on fire. Just get a little bit better. And of course, he's shooting the ball crazy compared to last year. Um, and so you you take those couple instances, and you're like, oh yeah, that's completely expected. But then you start looking at the rest of this Baylor roster, and it's Matt Mayer has gotten better. Uh, you know, um, Mark Vidal has gotten better in some areas of his, his offensive game. Uh, you know, Flo Thamba has become a lot more coordinated on the defensive end. He still has work to do, but he's a lot more coordinated. You know, um, just every single player on the roster has taken either a significant jump or a notable jump in a lot of different skill sets or areas. So to say that I'm surprised that Jared Butler took a jump in a particular area, no, not at all. To say any individual player has taken a jump, no, not at all. But all of them is 
uh, extremely surprising. It is um, it, the word I think I used in a tweet the other day was amazing. My conversation with Matt will continue in a moment, but first I want to tell you about Rock Auto. If you're like me and you don't know anything about cars and the thought of car maintenance and car parts overwhelms you, I'd encourage you to go to rockauto.com. And rockauto.com, it's a website, but it's actually a family business. And they've been in business for a number of years serving customers. They have reliably low prices. And one of the great things about Rock Auto is there's more makes and models out there now than ever before. So it, it might feel overwhelming to think, okay, am I getting the right part? Is this going to work for my car? Is this what my car needs? And Rock Auto helps you compare manufacturers. It helps you compare prices. It will help you find exactly what you need for your vehicle. It's uh, good for mechanics. They use it as good for do-it-yourselfers or just someone clueless like myself. Go to rockauto.com. On that website, they have a section where they want you to uh, let them know where they heard of, where you heard about them. Um, so I'd love for you to click Locked On and that way they know you were sent by the Locked On Podcast Network. Use Rock Auto today. It's all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Welcome back to Locked On Horn Frogs. Here is part two of my conversation with Matt is Bear from Our Daily Bears. We're previewing TCU and Baylor coming up Saturday afternoon. So this first matchup between these two teams, uh, TCU did lead at halftime, and it, it was a weird first half. Um, you know, the Frogs had – they're up four at one point, and I remember they had a chance to kind of extend on that lead, and they just couldn't do it. And then Mike Miles hits like a three-quarter court shot as, as time expires to take a one-point lead. But what did you make of that game? I know it's almost a month ago now, but was that just a, a Baylor team that kind of slipwalk through the first half and, and then put the clamps on in the second half? No, I, I think that's doing a, a disservice to TCU. Okay. Um, I am a mass. Don't tell anybody, okay? I hope nobody listens to this. I'm a massive. Part. I'm a massive Jamie Dixon fan. I mm-hmm. was very upset when I found out that TCU had locked in that hire, because uh, you go look at the pit teams, and maybe they didn't recruit the, um, uh, the 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 most explosive offensive player, but man, those pit teams fought. They were defensive stalwarts. It was amazing to watch them eke out the offense that they could from those rosters. And then it comes to TCU. And I'm not going to say it's an identical, identical situation, but you know, it's, it's, it is a fact of life that it is harder to get a, a four-star basketball athlete to TCU than it is to Oklahoma or to other surrounding schools, right? It's, it's just a fact of life. And that's why Jamie Dixon is such a perfect fit for TCU in my mind. Um, and, and so the, it's, it's just always going to be a dogfight against a Jamie Dixon team. It is always going to be a dogfight. Um, I am just used to it now. What TCU won how many in a row against Baylor in, in Fort Worth, right? Like, yeah, it was like three, I think. Four, three, it was three. at least four. I know that. Um, but it's just always a dogfight. And I think mm-hmm. to say that Baylor slept walk, I, you know, I get it. That's we've, we've seen them, you know, end games in the first half before, but I just think TCU is going to always come out. They're always going to fight. They're always going to be organized on defense, at least for the first half. But man, this Baylor team just always has, this Baylor team has another gear that we haven't really seen. And we really didn't even see in 2010, which was their elite eight run, mm-hmm. their first elite eight run. Um, and it's just really hard to keep a team like that down for 40 minutes. So the Baylor program as a whole, uh, I kind of got to a point a few years ago, and this might've been unfair, but I thought 
I was wondering if they had sort of hit their ceiling in the Drew era because there were a couple of years where they had the first round upsets in the tournament, and then I think there was like an NIT year sprinkled in there. Um, but it, it feels like since, weirdly enough, since that Tristan Clark injury a few years ago, they've they flipped a switch and really kind of changed how they've played. So do you think that was a philosophical thing? What What really turned – for this team to go from what what seemed like they were kind of in a lull to now being uh, in, in the national conversation the past few years. So you go look at the Baylor teams from, I mean, you go, I mean, Hey, go back to that 2010 team. You had two dominant guards and you had um, some really stretchy wings and a couple of bigs to, to control the boards, right? The, the offense primarily came from that backcourt. Uh, then you, almost exactly like you said, right? It, there is kind of this very mild roller coaster of general success, right? I, I don't think you can argue that, but those offenses were based around usually a Perry Jones type, right? Um, uh, I think the offense is mostly designed to get that individual, the ball at the high post, let them operate. They are a large skilled offensive talent. We're going to build uh, an offense around them makes complete sense. I get it. I, uh, you know, the, the theory makes sense to me. Um, Tristan Clark was, you know, next in line to do that more of a post oriented, but regardless, and then that injury, uh, you know, in, invention or innovation is, is what the, the child of necessity or whatever that phrase actually is that smart people know. Um, I think it really did force this coaching staff to say, well, let's play with what we got, right? And what we do have is some talented guards. Uh, we have a lot of three-point shooters. So uh, let's just do that, question mark. And I'll be damned if it didn't work, right? I mean, uh, and then of course, individual um, performances and individual development, I think really fueled what was that 2019 season. Or, I'm sorry, to that, that 2020 season. Um, and, you know, if it wasn't for uh, just, I don't know, like a global pandemic or anything, um, you could be looking at the, the, the Bears' first Final Four run, right? And, and so the, the entire Baylor fandom, I think, was somewhat resigned to, man, we really missed out on something. Because um, Jared Butler is going to the league and we're going to, you know, lose a whole bunch. And, and they all came back. They wanted another crack at it. And then on top of that layer, you get another layer of, of personal development with, like you said, almost the entire roster. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's unfair to think that there was a cap on what Scott Drew's philosophy could achieve. Um, but it looks like that philosophy is more flexible than we thought. I'll close up shop with Matt in the next segment, but I want to tell you about our friends at betonline.ag. It is your online sportsbook experts. Uh, Lee Sterling started this. He is the head of Paramount Sports. He does the Locked on Bets podcast every day. They have great gambling advice Monday through Friday on Locked on Bets. And on betonline.ag, um, they have all the latest lines. Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. 
maybe you're not cheering for either the Chiefs or the Bucks. Why don't you make it interesting? Why don't you put some money on the line? Try to make some money. Use the advice that BetOnline.ag gives you. They obviously have, you know, the normal money lines, the over/under, but they also have some cool prop bets as well. And BetOnline.ag will give you all the latest in college basketball. When college football comes back around in the fall, they'll have great advice for that as well. And you can get some just normal sports news there as well. BetOnline.ag. Use it today. If you join and use the promo code Locked On, you will get a 50% welcome bonus. One more time, that's betonline.ag. Here's the conclusion of my conversation with Matt. Matt is Bear on Twitter. Uh, he does a really good job covering Baylor basketball for our Daily Bears. I, I will let you know tomorrow I will have um, some notes. Gary Patterson spoke today in his National Signing Day press conference, so we'll talk about that. We'll discuss uh, the girls taking on Kansas this weekend and more. Uh, but now here's the final part of my conversation with Matt is Bear from our Daily Bears. Do you have any concern about, uh, you know, trap game Saturday? I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I feel like Baylor has a tough run starting next week with like Oklahoma and West Virginia a couple times. And then they're coming off the Texas win. Um, this team has been incredibly focused. I mean, we, we talked earlier about how they've won most of their games by double digits, but uh, do you have any concern about a potential trap game with TCU kind of sandwiched in there in a, in a weekend it's- matchup? It's the Big 12. There are no trap games. Every team is capable of reaching up and grabbing you, right? right. We've seen that year after year after year. I, I don't think this Baylor team um, is a candidate for a, a letdown game. I'm not saying that they can't come out and have a sluggish performance or a bad performance, but I, I don't think that's a result of a mindset, right? I think this team is going to prepare the same way every single game. Um, that being said, I mean, you, you exactly right. We have a very competent uh, Kruger-led team, right, in OU uh, in, in mid-February, followed by uh, the number 13th-ranked team in the nation, Texas Tech, followed by a back-to-back against the number 17 team in the country, right? Mm-hmm. So you have three uh, – I'm sorry, and OU, by the way, top 10 team. So you have four games in a row against top 20 candidates – or top 20 teams. Oh, and oh, by the way, you might have the freshman of the year, the best freshman in the country after that in Oklahoma State. Um, and and thank God I, Iowa State is after that because not exactly sure what's going on in Ames, but right. that will probably be a reprieve, uh, which sets us up for a great season finale against Kansas. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's no trap games, but it's, it's definitely going to be the toughest stretch of the season. Sure. And another thing I was curious about, so I know like football is king here and I mean like doing the pod I'm I'm talking almost as much football on a daily basis as I am basketball unless it's a game day or right before a game but for for Baylor the Lady Bears Kim Mulkey has established a, a great program um, Scott has obviously established a standard there and they seem to be elevating it is is it turning to a basketball school I mean could it ever really be that given how football craze the state is or, or what's your feel on on you know football basketball and, and how people how passionate people are about it that is that is a very good question um i think you will have the generic baylor fan who who gets just as excited for uh the the concept of a winning basketball team as um as a winning football team. Mm -hmm. I think that there are definitely a a large percentage of fans that are more privy to a 
a football experience than a basketball experience. But there's, there is a growing, um, not big enough, mind you, but there is a, a growing uh, appreciation for what Scott Drew is doing, especially after last season. I think last season opened a lot of eyes as to what this program could be. And if, if somebody didn't take notice last year, they, they certainly are this season. It's Matt is bear. You can find him on Twitter at Matt is bear and you can find his work at our daily bear. So check out that website before this TCU Baylor matchup on Saturday. Matt, I appreciate the time today, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. That'll do it for a Thursday edition of locked on horn frogs. I'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll have some recruiting notes as well as uh, some more basketball talk. This has been Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.